This episode is sponsored by Bragg. That's B-R-A-G-G and B-R-A-G-G dot com. They're makers of apple cider vinegar, uh, seasonings, liquid aminos, extra virgin olive oil, the cleanse concentrate, salad dressings, and a bunch of really healthy, good stuff. Uh, they sent me a package. It was super nice of them. Um, it's great, and my girlfriend loves this stuff and uses it all the time. Hey, this is Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. Welcome back to the greatest show in the universe. Uh, today's guest is entrepreneur and uh, I guess entrepreneur coach, I guess you call it, uh, Jason Stapleton. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Good. No problem, man. Uh, so explain a little bit, uh, like, uh, are you, like, so explain a little bit what you do for entrepreneurs, I guess, and uh, we'll start off like strong, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, mainly if you want to break it down at its, at its core, what I do is marketing and branding. So I help people, primarily those people who are the primary face of their, of their company. So uh, guys who run podcasts, guys who are uh, chiropractors or attorneys or money managers or coaches and consultants, online coaches and consultants, those kinds of people uh, who are having trouble really standing out in a crowded market. And so what I do is help them with everything from how to say, how to, how to articulate their message, finding out what that message is, how to build a brand online, how to then harness that and use it in order to uh, get more people paying higher prices and coming back more frequently. That's really at its core what I help people do now. It's a lot of psychology. It's a lot of, uh, of marketing and salesmanship. Uh, but at the core, that's what all of our businesses are. And so that's the one thing. Most people who are chiropractors pretty good at doing the actual job of chiropractic. Attorneys, yeah, some of them are good. Some of them aren't so good. But money managers, kind of the same way. Most people who are, but if they're good at what they do, they're typically really good at whatever the thing is that they do. But they're not so good at the business side or the marketing or the sales side of things. And a lot of them don't really like even don't even like doing that stuff. And so uh, I try and I, what I do is come in and help them help them repair that help them optimize it uh, so that they can be spending more time doing the stuff they really like doing, which is working with clients. No, that's awesome. I think that's what the music industry was basically like, like management would just swoop up artists and stuff like that. Like uh, when art used to make money before. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> before it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I like your, you have good energy, man. I noticed that when, before we recorded a little bit, I, I feel like I'm on your show with your professionalism behind you. Like, uh, like the background, I feel like I'm a guest on your show the way it looks right now. <laughs> like, like you're, you got legit, you got legit energy. I can tell you got, you got a strong energy. I can tell you, you know, a lot about psychology is why, like how you uh, talk and stuff. It's good. It's a, uh, it's, I, people could definitely use somebody like you on their team. It seems like. Oh, I just, I just try and be me, man. But I appreciate you saying that. I really do. I, I try and, um, I, I love what I do. I'm happy with my life. I have very little to be angry about. And so I just try and come in with every encounter that I have. And my, my whole goal, anytime I have an encounter like this, like you and I are talking and people are listening to us. And my only goal at the end of that is for you, is for you to leave the encounter and go, damn, like that was, that was a really valuable use of my time. Like I'm, I'm, gl I'm better for that experience. And I think if I can do that each and every time that I connect with somebody, that the odds that we'll do business in the future go up astronomically. And even if we don't, there's still a good relationship there. They still walk away going, yeah, man, I like that guy. He was all right. And so that's really my, my goal in any conversation, in any encounter. No, that's a great point. I think, I think you have good energy. And I think that's what a lot of people need is like, uh, like that extra business and stuff like that. Well, uh, what, uh, what kind of results do you show people if that's not too ridiculous or personal or, you know what I mean? So, uh, well, what kind of results, like say somebody comes to you, like, uh, 
Like, like, what kind of money can you make somebody, like, more or less? I know it's a vague question. It depends on, like, what field. Like, just give an example more so. That's a, that's a very – well, let me answer it this way um, because i got to be very careful. I don't want the FCC banging down my door because I'm giving, <laughs> you know, I'm giving uh, numbers and stuff. So I'll just qualify that with my everyday disclaimer, which says, uh, please don't trust anything I say. None of this has been verified. I'm probably lying to you about all of this. So don't take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Now, with that said, um, if you're brand new, um, it's it's much, much harder to take somebody who's doing, it's kind of like a car. If the car's in motion, it's a lot easier to get it from 30 to 60 than from zero to 30. It's just that once momentum kind of takes over, it's much easier. So if I'm working with somebody who already has an established business and they're already generating, say, a million dollars a year, um, well, then getting them a 10, 20% bump over the course of 12 to 18 months is really not terribly, I don't want to say it's not terribly difficult because it depends on the on the uh who you're working with and in what industry. Um, but that's, that's kind of what I aim to do. I want somebody to get 10 times return what, I, what they pay me to do the work or to help them with it. And most of what I do is guidance and consulting. It's not actual physically doing the work because that gets very time consuming and is very costly for most small business owners. Now, if you're brand new and you don't have any, you, got, I, you just show up, you're like, dude, I really want to start a business and would you help me do that? Um, I will. Uh, I have some programs set up for that. Of course, the results on that vary wildly based on how the, the concept, the idea, the ability to implement and the longevity. One of the one of the biggest problems, the thing that kills most entrepreneurs is not that they don't know what they're doing. It's not that they don't know what their, what their subject is, whatever business they're in. It's not that um, they don't have a passion for it. They're not honorable. They're not ethical people. The reason that they fail is because they run out of money. So cash flow is the most important thing. So when we work with new businesses, one of the things that I'm constantly hammering them is, okay, cash flow, let's get to the sale. It's not because I'm greedy. It's not because I, you know, all I care about is money is that that's what's going to kill your business. You waiting around for six months for your product to be perfect or a year, you worrying about getting a, a logo design done and getting stationary and business cards. All of that stuff is secondary to making a sale. And so what we try and do with those guys early on is get them in a framework and a mindset that says, I want to make a dollar as fast as I possibly can. So what's the quickest way to that? And once we make a dollar, then we can make five and then a hundred and then a thousand. And then all of a sudden, now we can start focusing. Once we've kind of got that rhythm going, now we can focus on some of these other things like business development. Should I incorporate all that stuff that most people waste time worrying about when what they should be focused on is making money? That's real. That's, that's a super real. And, and, and I would add to that almost like try not to spend money while you make money. Like, that, like that's my personal thing. It's like, it's like, what can I make the most money off of with, with spending the least amount of money? That's my personal thing. But, but I think you touched on, I think you hit the point. I think a lot of people do waste a lot of time with uh, this like fantasy land of how they want to be perceived. It's like they want to be perceived as an entrepreneur without actually making the money of an entrepreneur more or less like. Yeah, no, it's, it, there's a learning curve that's involved too. So one of the things I was working with a client on for a long time, he's setting up a, a new business. He's got a great idea. He, he wants to work with transitioning uh, military guys, but he wants to get them early on, like when they've only been in the military for a couple of years, because he recognized that, man, what happens is when guys are getting ready to get out or when they don't advance in the military, if you're an officer, they, they, have, they force you to leave. A lot of these guys are realized like waking up after they've been in the military for 10 or 15 years, they're like, oh, holy smoke. Now I got to go into the civilian world. I'm completely unprepared. And now they're like jumping through hoops. Well, he created this program to help guys in their first, second, third year in the military to already start preparing for transition. There's just one problem. Nobody wants it. 
right? They need it. Like it would be wonderful if they were focused on that, but they're year two in the service. They're thinking about promotions. They're thinking about the the wife and where you're going to go on vacation. They're thinking about the next deployment, right? They're not thinking about, dude, I'm going to get out someday. And so I said, you're selling them what they need, not what they want. And so we got to do a pivot. So instead, all we're going to do is shift that message. And instead of trying to go after guys who've been in the service for two years, we're going to get them as they're transitioning. When the fear factor is high, when that pucker factor is really up there and they're really scared, it's a high priority. And so a lot of that learning curve about what, what do people really resonate with? What do they want versus what are they, what are they willing to pay for with versus what are they not interested in? That comes through trial and error. And so the faster we can figure that out, the better it will be for everybody. I thought that was smart because like uh, you have uh, the client, say like a military person getting on the military, like uh, uh, a veteran or something like uh, they had the budget and they had the mindset and the work ethic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, literally, yeah. that's literally a perfect client for what you're just saying. I never even thought about that. That's, that's genius. Cause like, uh, cause yeah, they had the budget, they had like thousands of dollars from not spending money. And then they had, like, they're, they're usually thousandaires when they get out. And then, uh, <laughs> and, right. and then, and then like they had that work ethic. Like a lot of my buddies got out of the military. Like they, uh, like he, he would, my, one of my friends would guy calculate his drinking schedule. Like, like he'd be like, yeah. he'd be like, he'd be like, all right, I play pool here and I get drunk here. And then I play darts here and get drunk here. So it's like a schedule. Like, like that's how meticulous these guys are. So I mean, they'd be great entrepreneurs. I never thought about that. Some of some of them are good. I mean, a lot of yeah. them are, are, are very self-motivated. They're very disciplined. And so, yeah, they, they tend to make really good entrepreneurs. I mean, they tend to make as good as anybody else. I think it's uh, they sure. certainly have all of the tools that they need. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, some guys, another thing about military guys, just on that subject is a lot of people, misconstrue the discipline, the, the regiment that these guys are on. One of the big problems when they get out is that they lose all of that. And yes, they're very disciplined when somebody else is telling them when to get up and where they got to be and what they got to do. They're very in, in that sort of environment. They're sure. great when they, you know, they're, they're, they're ripped. They're all physically fit. And then six months after getting out, they put on 60 pounds. They're lazy. They're sitting around on a Saturday drinking beer because they lost that structure. And so if you're able to maintain that through the transition, it can be really, really valuable for you. Um, but a lot of guys really struggle with it. No, it's definitely, you, you met a need. I think that's there. I think that's really smart. That's a, mm. and that's a good one. I think like they, like a lot of these guys, they have the budget and would need something like that to where they can just keep going to the next level to where not, I, see, I definitely see a lot of that. Um, what's your favorite kind of company to work with? Like uh, just like a passion or something, I guess. You know, I, I like guys who are in the information business because that's really the business I've been in for the last uh, 10 or 12 years. I started out, my first company was a, a trading education company. I taught currency traders and uh, I built that company. Then I started a podcast. And, and now, of course, I have, uh, I have my, my current company that I own. Uh, and that was being in the information business. I, I really know that business well. Now, now the good news is, is that I've worked with a ton of different kinds of companies, brick and mortar companies, uh, other information marketing, other information business companies, but people who are in the information space, I know, I really understand that business well. And so I love working with people who are in it. That's cool. Yeah. So you basically like, you just set up businesses for yourself and you, and you realized it was a commodity to help other people achieve their dreams. Basically. Is that, is that what your format came from? Yeah, well, you know, so uh, let me, um, I'll just briefly. So when I started my education company in, in the trading space, um, trading is very repetitive. 
and it is focused the, the what separates winners from losers in the trading in the professional trading game are people who understand their own psychology and are extremely disciplined and so that kind of launched me into this uh, study of human psychology because I wanted to be a good trader and I got to be pretty good and I started an education company but what I realized was again nobody wants to pay for trading psychology it's like nobody wants to pay for that stuff it's they, they want to pay for trading systems they want to pay for trading courses and so what I had to do was basically trick trick my audience into buying a trading course trading system and I say trick I mean I had to I had to give them what they wanted so that I could give them what they needed so right. what I would do is I would sell these trading courses that had trading systems and the systems were, were profitable if you followed them and so we would sell that to people and then I would also as part of it I would give them a 90-day course and that entire 90-day course was about about 90% psychology and about 10% the, the technical aspects of trading. And so my goal was, hey, I know what these guys need, but I can't sell it to them because they won't buy it. So what I'll do is I'll give them what they want and then I'll also give them what they need. And that's kind of the way I got around it. But after about, you know, six or seven years of doing that, I realized that, like there was nothing new. Like it's the same thing every day, completely repetitive. It's it, nothing changes year over year. And I just got tired of teaching it. And I had built my company from basically zero dollars. I mean, my first sale was like, uh, it was like 250 bucks into a multi-million dollar business. And other people were kind of running it and they were doing the day-to-day -day operations. And I had spent the last several years focused on nothing but how do I grow this company? How do I market better? How do I message better? How do I do all the things that are going to bring people to me buying my stuff? And so, when I got done, I was really tired of teaching the trading. I said, well, what do I want to do now? Like, what's inspiring to me? I said, you know what? I spent all this time studying trading psychology and learning how to sell and how to market and how to promote myself online and how to build brand. I said, I want to teach other people how to do that. I think that's the most valuable skill that one can possess is the ability to effectively message what they do. And so that's what I started doing. I launched uh, the, the company in 2018 and it's just been amazing. I've had a chance to work with hundreds of different entrepreneurs and companies and it's, it's been, it's, I, I, find it, I, I find myself impassioned again to do the work. That's awesome. I love that. Very thorough answers. I like that too. And very articulate. Um, I would, what drew me to you originally was uh, your book, uh, Nomadic Wealth. Like the concept of that, like is, uh, is basically kind of where I'm at right now in my life. I feel like uh, remote work, I mean, with the world we're in and stuff. And I think just like, uh, I think it's a very smart thing. I think that's kind of like what, I, what I'm trying to get into, like what I'm starting to get into now. Uh, what, what, what led you down that road uh, with, uh, with that book and stuff like that? Well, that, that happened. It's a, something that I've been talking about on my podcast for the last couple of years, but I had a really tar hard time defining what it was. So I, I kept talking with my audience and saying, listen, things are good right now. The economy's humming. You got extra money in your pocket. I said, don't get complacent because another recession is going to come. And if it's anything like, if history is any guide, the next recession is going to be worse than the one that we had in 2008, which people couldn't even fathom that, right? It's like, are you kidding? And I said, I don't know what the catalyst is going to be. I don't know what's going to cause it, but we know that we go to recession. Expansion leads to recession. And I said, you need to be prepared because your job is not a guarantee. Your income's not guaranteed. Your, your job isn't, uh, isn't always going to be there. And have, have a goal. 
right? Start a little something, have a little side business. Um, I use the analogy. I said, you know, imagine that you were an entrepreneur and your life was going really good and you had plenty of money and you're taking vacations and you're home at five with your kids and all this stuff. Life was great, right? But you only had one client. Like imagine that for a minute. Life is going great. You got all this money. You got a mortgage. You got a couple of cars. You got, life is good, but you got one client. Now, are you telling me that you're going to just sleep soundly all through the night, every night, knowing that that one client could walk away at any time and you'd be destitute? Or do you think you'd be waking up at three o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat going, damn, I need some more clients, man. I, I better get me some more people. Otherwise, I'm screwed. Well, people who work for someone else and who have one stream of income from one employer are doing the same thing. They're putting their sims, themselves at a massive risk. And so I've been telling my audience for a couple of years, I said, you got to do something else. Get another stream of income. Follow that passion. And I started teaching some courses on how to do this. And then when, 2000, when, when uh, coronavirus hit, uh, I realized we, uh, instantly 40 million people on unemployment, just at, like overnight, 40 million people. And you're going, holy smokes. And so I finally came up with this concept. I said, look at my life. I have a 100% digital business. It has very low overhead. It requires no employees. It has very high profit margins when you do it correctly. Um, and, and my company is doing well even in lockdown. In fact, we've had the best year we've ever had this year in the company. And so when I look at those numbers and I look at what was going on, I said, more people need to be able to do this. They, they need that. Not only do they need wealth, not only do they need high income, but they need to make that income mobile. And so I came up with this idea of, there's an old phrase called the digital nomad. And so I came up with this concept of nomadic wealth. It's like, what does that look like? What does it mean to have, uh, you know, to control the source of your income, to have skills that are in high demand and of high value, rare and specialized skills? And what does it look like when all of that is mobile? It's transferable. I can take it from here to another state, to another country, and the income doesn't stop. And that's what I tried to lay out in the book is ask people to, to reimagine what work could look like and what their lives could look like if they just took, you know, made a couple of tweaks to how their income comes to them. No, that's awesome. That's definitely something that came to me like uh, about interest as well. I think we have a lot in common. I think you, you're probably like a little, uh, how old are you? I'm uh, 40, 41 now, almost 42. Yeah, I had a feeling you're a little bit older version of what I'm doing. It's, cra- it's crazy because like I, you've already done a lot of the things I'm, I'm setting to my uh, that are current goals and stuff. And I, uh, was like, I was looking at the nomad like thing too. So I think that's what interests me personally is like not being locked down to one place and like having money. I mean, you need. I mean, I think those are the two biggest goals. And I, so I was like teaching. I, I got certificates to teach English in other countries, and I also like have a, a podcast which I can do this from anywhere. I'm mm-hmm. doing this from like I'm 40 minutes from my house right now. You know, it's like so. so I mean, I can do this literally the podcasting from anywhere. Like a couple other business ideas I have, and I just think that's like a. I was looking in that. I think that's that's what I'm interested in. That's what drew me to you originally is that book and like uh, the idea of that. And I think like, uh, I think that's just a, it's just like a sexy idea right now. You know what I mean? I think like the digital nomad is just like a sexy idea. And like digital wealth well, is like an add on to that, I think. No, I think you're right. Well, more importantly, I think what Corona did for all of us is it made us recognize just how much could be done at a distance. And I think companies are going to change to some degree how they do business and more, more people are going to realize, hey, I, I, don't, it, I don't have to do it the traditional way. And they're now recognizing, especially those people who are out of work, now there is, there's a real sense of urgency that, hey, no, I really do need to change something because, uh, because my job, like I said, isn't safe. I, 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 for, through no fault of my own, I could be out on the street tomorrow. And so I think not only is it more palatable 
uh, and more realistic because people have been living it for the past eight months. But I also think that there's a, a greater desire for some change. So I, I, I hit it at the right time. I wrote the book in like a month. It's not a long book if you've read it. It's about 100 pages or so because I didn't see any need to, to put anything in there that wasn't entirely necessary. And so that's the way I, uh, that's the way I approached it. And I, I've been just floored by the, the success and the response we've had. It's been amazing. No, it's awesome. That's it's a it's a cool thing. And like, uh, I don't think a lot of people had the time to re- uh, the free time to realize that um that the world was like that. I think this world could have been like this about twenty years ago, probably. Like where, where people could be working from home and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, about fifteen with with less errors. And I think most people were just working 40, 60 hours, didn't have time to see the progression in the world around them. Right? I think, I think that was like kind of my benefit. I was kind of like a, like a bum. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I did, the, I like did like delivery jobs and like bullshit to where I, I had the least amount of responsibility because that's how I lived. And I think so it gave me the free time of like, like thought and all that stuff. And I think that's how I kind of like figured out businesses and stuff too. It's like, it's like I think most people just are too busy. Everyone's got the ability. I, I just, they got so much stuff going on. Yeah. Well, and, and also there's something to be said. One of the things I harp on a lot is I say, you know, for the first time in human history as a society, I mean, throughout history, people have had the ability to do this, but never an entire, an entire society have the opportunity to consider their own fulfillment in the work that they do. You know, if you ask our fathers, especially our grandfathers, depending on how old you are, uh, you know, if you said, well, you know, that I just don't find that kind of work rewarding. You know, a lot of them will look at you sideways, like what kind of left wing nut job crazy person are you uh, to be talking about your own fulfillment? You know, you, you, you granola, it's, it's, it's that mentality, right? It's like, dude, right. what, what, your fulfillment. But no, that's something that we can all consider now. We all get to choose, like, what are you interested in? What would you like to do? What would you, what do you want your world, your life, your day to look like? We can create that. It's really not that difficult. Um, and, and honestly, if you do it right and you're willing to put in the time and the effort and energy, at the end of the day, it's going to be so much, you're going to be so much safer. You're going to have so much more wealth and power and influence in your own life. Uh, everything improves when you do these things. And so um, I just challenge people to have an open mind with it and start asking some very simple questions about, you know, what do I want my life to look like? That's important. I don't think a lot of people had the time re- until recently to think about that. I think that, I think this pandemic had a lot of silver lining in it, and I think that's one of them is like, uh, hmm. Like more family. Oh, off, off question, but like just looking at your wall. Do you kayak? Is that what that uh, war is for? No, that's a Marine Corps paddle. So when you're, I was in a special operations unit uh, called Force Reconnaissance. And when you leave those units, they give you a paddle. Uh, the, the team puts it together. And that is, a, it was hand wrapped by a friend of mine. And then all of the, it's, it's actually done in a, uh, in like a tiger stripe pattern. And that tiger stripe pattern was hand drawn by, uh, by a good friend of mine named uh, Jason Watts. So that's, uh, yeah, it just hangs on my wall as a people, you know, as a, a recon guy will recognize it. And it's a, you know, they just, they'll know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that was way deeper than I thought. I was just wondering if that was like a hobby. And you're like, you're like no, no, it's actually, no, it's actually fucking means something, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's one of the most valuable things I possess because you can't, you can't replace it, you know? Other no, things sure. can be replaced, but that, that's irreplaceable. So I, I, I have a high position for it. What, uh, how, what time frame were you in the military? Like, uh, I was there from, was yeah, I was there from uh, 1998 to 2002. Oh, okay. That's and then crazy. I did another five years in Iraq and Afghanistan working as a, as a soldier for hire there for a company called Blackwater. Uh, that's, you worked with Blackwater? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and, like and Greystone. Yeah, Greystone was their, their uh, overseas. Greystone was a company that they used whenever it was a non-government contract because then all the, you know, they, they did it offshore. So that was their offshore. 
That could be an entirely different podcast. That's impressive and interesting. That's, <laughs> that's, like, a, that's like a cool concept. Wow. So you, you, you were in the military when 9-11 happened? How crazy was that? Like, was that like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, it was. Uh, I was in Okinawa at the time and a friend of mine, you know, hip checked my door open in the middle of the night and said, hey, a, a, ta- a plane just flew into the tower. And, and I said, that's great. You know, get the, get the hell out of my room. <laughs> um, and then he came back like 20 minutes later. He said, dude, a second, a second plane just hit the tower. And I, uh, I, you know, I got up at that point and recognized what had happened. And then I immediately got on the phone and started calling people because I, I knew that I was going to get, I knew once this, once things kind of had a chance to take hold, I would get a notice from my unit that I needed to come get a brief and it's called an op- operational security brief. And after that, it, they, you can't talk to anybody. So they'll take you in a room and they'll sit you down. They'll be like, hey, this is your operational security brief. Everything you say here after this is classified and, you know, you're, you're not allowed to call home. You're not allowed to contact anyone. You basically now are a ghost. And so I wanted to let my mom know that I was okay and that I wasn't going to be able to talk to her for a while. Uh, and so I was frantically trying to call anybody I could get a hold of because it turned out my mom was in Korea at the time on, uh, she worked as a book, a book publisher. And so she was there doing deals in Korea and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't get a hold of her. I had to go to a friend of mine and she had to you know, contact her later. But uh, yeah, that, that was what it was like. And then I actually didn't end up deploying because the ship that we were on where we were supposed to get on was in repair. And so they sent first Marine division from California over there. And that really upset me. And so when my, in 2002 rolled around, I had a chance to get out. I did. And then I went over as a contractor. That's crazy. That's like, that's, you're like in that middle of the action. <laughs> that's like, that's like crazy time. I mean, to be in the military, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a very wild, very exciting time, but you know, scary too. Yeah. So you're the guy that got out of the military and then started businesses. So you, that's how you appeal to that person and thought of that idea probably. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, some guys, uh, it's something they really want to do. Like I said, I, I appeal to anybody who needs help with a specific type of problem. And their problem is they don't have enough leads and they can't make enough sales. So they can do every other part of their business reasonably well, but they really struggle with messaging, with standing out in a, in a very crowded market. Um, a lot of my clients, because of either the complexity of what they do or the, re- the regulation around what they do, find it really, really hard to differentiate themselves. Um, so for example, a, a, a chiropractor, really hard to tell like objectively whether one guy's good and another guy's bad. It's like really hard. Same thing with money managers. Like even if if you're going to go take somebody's money to invest it for them, you can, most of the time you could tell them what you're going to do. They still don't understand it. Like they don't know whether you're good and the other guy sucks. So they have a really hard time with that. Money managers also have a really hard time because what they sell is basically what everybody else sells. They put a different name on it, but they don't, they truly don't have that many unique things because of the regulation involved. And so it's like, well, how do I stand out? How do I, how do I make myself differentiate among all of these other competitors? And uh, in the, in the wealth management business, for example, the, the money management business, there's like 280,000 uh, money managers in America alone. That's, that's a ton of competition all vying for the same guy. So I help them do a better job of building a brand so that people come to them and build trust and likability with them so that we lower that buyer resistance and we have people coming to them already pre-sold. 
No, it's a great business plan. Like I, I feel like I do that for myself, but like I, if I, I wish I had that passion for other people, I feel like, cause like I could, I feel like you probably make a lot of money and are very successful. That's a very good need. It's like a, that's a niche that people need. And I see it, but I'm like so bad at working with other people. Like, like I feel like, I feel like I'm like, uh, I, I could be the guy like you're saying that they, they can't tell the difference. Like I'm like, I'll be like really good at marketing. I'm like, I'm really good at marketing, but I sound like a crack at it. I, I smoke too much weed. I drink too much. It's like, so, so I, like comedy just works for me where like, I couldn't, I, I try to dabble in marketing sometimes, but I always sound like a fool. And I don't have the passion for other people's ideas, like most of the time. Yeah, so for me, I, I've always looked at at what I do, and yeah, it is. It's a great business to be in. It's uh, smart. Yeah, I, I I love it. But more than anything, um, uh, Joe Polish is a really famous marketer. He started out as a, as a dry cleaner, owned a dry cleaning business, and became one of the most successful marketers and connectors in the world. One of the things he said was he said every ethical dollar earned is a byproduct of value creation. When you create value for others. Uh, in excess of what you charge them for that service, uh, you now you, you have something that is extraordinary, and it's something that you can be proud of. And and I get to wake up every day and help other people get what they want. Um, awesome. That is an extremely satisfying uh, way to live and work. And I I wake up every day. Honestly, every day I wake up excited, especially when I stop to think about how lucky I am to be in the world I'm in, to be in the business I'm in. It's very very tough for me not to look at my life and 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 feel uh, blessed. No, it's awesome. I, I think the I could definitely see a lot of uh, highlights in that. How it's good. And I, I can see how it's very lucrative because like people definitely people need that. Like you said, like I think I, I think people literally like any, every business can utilize for marketing and branding. Like right mm-hmm. now with the digital age, especially. And if, you, if you're not nailing that, I mean, you're not getting it. I don't think right now you're not getting the money. And I think a lot of people, like sales is the most boring, but most necessary part of every business to me. But it's so, it's so necessary. Like I, I sell ads and like, and, and I like what you said on the, the ethical thing. Like, I think that's important that they make more money. Like say I sell an ad for like 50 to hundred bucks that they make that much money back for like, the, for like whatever, whoever's that sponsoring this podcast, I'll, I'll do the intro later. But, uh, but I'm just saying like, uh, like, like they will, like they will make money off of it because so many people watch it. And I think that's like, I think the honest dollars, like you said, smart. That's why I used to deliver, I used to food, uh, deliver food. Cause like, it just felt like honest money. Like they'd be like, <laughs> they'd want to give me five bucks or they want to give me like 10 bucks just for handing them a sandwich. Like it was so right. weird and simple. It was so simple and like stupid really. And plus you can make the most of my money in four hours without I mean, you know, the rest of your day for free and stuff like but i mean that's like a 20 year old's dream you know not a 30 year old i'm on now in my 30s where that's not like <laughs> you have to evolve you know yeah, you have a little bit something a little more than that i mean well here's the thing yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My, I, I've, I've talked a lot about wealth. I, I think your freedom is very closely tied to the amount of wealth that you have. Um, and, and, and the easiest way to increase your wealth is to increase your income. And then, like you said at the top of the show, as long as you're not spending every penny that you make, you're saving and investing a portion of that, then over time, your wealth is going to accumulate. And so, um, first and foremost, we got to get skills that we can charge more money for so we can increase our income. And then we got to divert a portion of that to, you know, to wealth creation. Um, but, uh, one of the things I tell people is I harp about money a lot, but that doesn't mean you have to focus on trying to be a millionaire or a multimillionaire. That's why we spend so much time talking about what kind of life you want, because if what you want is to work for three hours in the morning and then play golf all afternoon, well, we just need to organize your life that way. You don't need a ton of money to live like that. Uh, let's say you just want, you want to buy, you want to buy 10 acres in, uh, in upstate, uh, in, or, you know, in Western Tennessee, and you want to live up there and shoot guns and blow shit up all day. I, again, you didn't take a lot of money to do that. We can, we can organize organize a life like that. It just, it has entirely to do with what you want. What is it going to take to create freedom for you? 
Um, and, and so that's kind of what I focus on. You don't have to, sure, if you want to make millions of dollars and fly on private jets and uh, drive fast cars and chase loose women, again, more power to you. Uh, I want you to be able to create whatever life you want. And that comes in part by having, like I said, by controlling the source of your income and uh, making it mobile as much as you can. No, that's, that's my personal goal. I think of what I think you nailed what I'm personally at that you're actually achieving and uh, helping others. I, I think it's, uh, those, those are beautiful goals. And I think, uh, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's a lot of integrity in what you do. I think it's, it's uh, smart, but uh, yeah, no, I think those are the people that make the money is that like the people that basically you find what they love and, and say, say it makes them like 50 K a, a year or something off the get go. That's like a livable income off of what they love to do. And then those people will just get bored and adapt and then end up making a lot more money. Like, like that's usually what I see the, the people I know that are richer, like, well, some of them just slave every hour too. I, I see a lot of my a lot of my friends that are millionaires just literally sacrifice probably three to four years of their life doing a bunch of things to gather a bunch of money to be lazy the rest of their life. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny a lot of people. That. Yeah, my, like so. My goal in life is to never have to do anything that I don't want to do again. So that's I, that's that's my whole every every dollar that I earn, everything is all is all built around I don't want to do certain things anymore. And so my goal, first and foremost, is to wake up every day and work only on things that I want to work on. So if I wanted to, like in 2014, when I started my podcast, I did that on a whim. I just, I thought I could probably get a podcast started. I wanted to see if I could make it successful or if I was kind of a one hit wonder. And so, you know, I dropped $120,000 to build out my own television studio in my office and started a podcast with zero listeners. And I, I get to do that. I get to do that because I had money and time and, and I got to do only things that I want to work on. You know, so I, I wake up every day now and really only do things that I enjoy. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. I don't ever want to have to mow my own lawn again. I'm not a fan of physical labor. I spent many years sleeping in the jungle. I don't have any <laughs> desire to do that ever again. And so, uh, you know, my whole life is built and, and organized in a way that fits for me. And there's no reason why your life can't do that too. It's just a matter of identifying exactly what you want and then working to get you there. Yeah, I, I agree with why. I think you're further in what, what I'm doing, but I think I'm doing the same thing. Like I wake up every day. I just get, I got a beer and Mexican food when I woke up today before I started my work day. And it's like, I, I think this, that's just how I live. I think the same thing, but I think you're further in it. Cause like, I think you, you, you found this out faster <laughs> because like, I, cause I was just like, I, you know what I mean? Like it hit me and I'm like, man, I need to start making money so I can cover a bunch of other things. And then like, you know what I mean? It starts there. You have to have the, I have to have the need for something. Otherwise I'll just do nothing. I literally, I literally would just play video games all day if I could, you know, if the world wasn't so crazy and like people didn't need me, I would just play video games all day. Like, to be Dude, people make a lot of money playing video games all day. If you, again, <laughs> that's, that's another one. 10, ten years ago, Twitch didn't exist. Uh, imagine if 10 years ago, some kid at, at 16 had said, you know what? I, dad, I just want to sit around and play video games all day. His dad <laughs> probably give him a rap on the beater, throw him out, you know, tell him to go chop some wood. And now, dude, you got guys making, making millions of dollars a year sitting around playing video games all day. It's, it's doable. That, that world, if that's really what you want, I mean, it's, it's hard. You're going to have to work really hard at it. You have to spend yeah. years building the audience. But, dude, if that's what your goal is, if that's what brings you joy, that's a doable thing. Um, and so it's, a, a, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that I look at. I'm just like, dude, there's nothing is off limits. I want to be an, a professional ice cream taster. Okay, dude, I'm sure. Dude, I want to be a foodie. Dude, it's never been easier to travel the world, eat food from all over, and have somebody pay you to do that. Dude, that, I, I, I've never been easier. No, start and Instagram immediately. Instagram and YouTube yeah. are there. I mean, and that's why I say, I, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's simple. What I'm saying, it has never been easier. 
Like it, that we have never had such a flattening of the earth where communication and, and technology have allowed us to do things like this, where you and I are staring at each other from across the country um, and, and talking out to an audience of, you know, of uh, potentially hundreds, millions, tens of millions of people. It's, it's just something that there's no possible way 10, 20 years ago, this was even a possibility. Now imagine what's going to happen in 10 years. Imagine all the things that we couldn't possibly do that are now an everyday part of our lives. I'm just, I couldn't, we live in the greatest time. We really do. No, I agree. I think that's uh, I think there's a lot up for jeopardy right now. There's a lot of evil people can utilize this technology to do some fucked up things in my opinion, but, but like they are currently, but I think, I think, I think but it can be utilized by people like you. They're good people to raise the bar. I think too. Like, like you know, I think um, I think we have to keep like I, you said a lot of things. That a lot of business people don't say. I think too. Like uh, you, like when you brought up ethic ethical money, I think that's the most important to me personally that you brought up because like, like not a lot of people that care about money care about ethics. <laughs> I well, see, I disagree. I, I disagree. I, I think that most of the people that I have run into, very successful entrepreneurs, care deeply for the the people that that pay them. Um, and, and care deeply about putting out a, a, a product or a service that um, that people get value from. I think it is a, a, one of the great misconceptions and harms that we've done to kids is to stigmatize the idea of money as something that is evil and I that do. if you want more of it, that somehow you're a bad person. Or if you have a lot of it, you must have stabbed people in the back or, you know, to get there or, or stolen from somebody, robbed your clients. You know, these are real beliefs that a lot of Americans have about those with money. And the reality is there's only one, there's only one difference between those people who have got money and those who don't. And that's some of them have money. Some of them don't. Uh, money, money is, money is, uh, has no moral compass, right? It's not good or bad. If you are a bad person and you manage to make a lot of money, all you are is just a terrible person with money. Money tends to accentuate those things in us, For right? Sure. If you're a bad person and you find a way to make money, you're just an awful human being. But by that same token, if I do right in the world and I try to respect my clients and, and the, the, the work that I do, and I make a lot of money doing that, um, it doesn't turn me into a bad person. And so I don't, I mean, like I said, I, I've been rich and I've been poor. I have friends on on all sides of that. And I got to tell you, dude, rich is way better than poor. And there are lots of great people who have lots of money and who are anxious to help other people get to where they are. That's one of the biggest things that I noticed is that while I got all these people around me who are doing worse than me, who are constantly slinging hate and discontent at me, Almost everybody doing better than me. When I've reached out to them and asked for advice or or asked for a meeting, they with open arms have have brought me in and, and shared with me and tried to help me as best they could. And so I I uh, yeah I, I I take issue with anybody who says that you know people in people who have money or are somehow don't care about their clients. They don't care about people because it just has been it hasn't been true in my experience. No, I think you create the reality. I think you manifest your reality and then you have that energy. So that energy attracts you. Mm. Like, so it's, it's the energy around you more. So sure. I, think a lot, I think a lot of people manifest the negativity of money and, and like have, uh, and then let darkness in with money and stuff, all these different things. But I think, I think there's both for sure. I, I definitely think there's a lot of people helping the world as well. And that are very, I think it has a lot to do with insecurity too. I think a lot of people that are just assholes are insecure, poor or rich. <laughs> like, I mean, so that's like, true. Yeah. Uh, again, if you're more confident with yourself, you know yourself like thoroughly. I mean, you're, you have no reason to be rude to somebody unless it's like in defense, I guess, and like, or something, you know, well, that's <laughs> like, another 
another thing, like money, money only fixes the problems that not having money creates. Okay. That's, that's something that yeah. your audience needs to understand too, is like, it doesn't fix insecurity. It doesn't fix, uh, you know, narcissism or, uh, or depression or any of those things. Money doesn't fix any of that, but it does fix all of the money problems in your life. And I got to tell you, if you stripped away all the money problems, if money was no longer a factor in any decision that you had to make, you'd eliminate 90% of your problems. So, um, that's what I always tell people is like, look, dude, you can, you can, you can have problems either way. Like the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike, uh, better have the money too. That's a great point, man. Um, well, before we talk for nine more hours about this, cause you're a very interesting <laughs> guest now. And uh, I, I suggest all the uh, listeners and if you're watching on YouTube to check out his books and stuff and like look, look into uh, Jason, but, um, do you have any social media you personally want them to look you up on or any kind of things you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, man, I, I spent a little time on, on, um, uh, on Twitter. My handle is uh, Jason underscore Stapleton. And uh, I also have Facebook stuff and Instagram. You guys are welcome. If you go to followjason.com, just go to followjason.com. I have all my social media stuff there, except for I started a parlor account uh, after all the shenanigans that were happening with the, the major social media sites. And in like three weeks, I've got like a hundred thousand followers on there now. So I'm like, I'm kind of trying to push people there because my reach on that particular platform is huge. But if you search for Jason Stapleton in parlor, um, you'll find me. And it's basically in a, a, a mix of, you know, funny, funny memes and stuff about marketing and branding and sales and stuff like that. So it's just kind of a nice mix. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a little political stuff in there because it's fun. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty, it's a pretty decent spot to follow me on.